Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind, created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up? You are tuned in to Cannabis Legalization News. We cover the marijuana laws so that you can change them. Shout out to all the members. And if you want to talk to us during this broadcast, throw us a super chat and we will answer your questions. I'm a cannabis industry lawyer, and that's where you can find me at Cannabis Industry Lawyer on either Instagram or dot com. Uh, we're going to be covering some cannabis legalization news, giving you some insight on a cannabis license later. And we also have an interview. So who should we have on? Uh, why don't you just drop us some comments while you click likes? And we have some huge news this week. It has to do with the Safe Banking Act. So let's bring on Miggy and hit our main story of the week. Nice transition. Thank you. Sometimes when you have the show notes in front of you, it's easier to read them. And thank you for joining us to the Canvas Choose Your Own Adventure because we're going to do another 27-minute segment and then another 20 and then another 20. So follow us and join yep. us. Yep, we have a we have some good ones to hang out with us because after this we're going to talk about my favorite license type, and then we're going to be talking with a great guest from the Canapreneur. But the big news story of the week is this lame duck session that's going on right now in Congress, and the Senate is now saying that they're going to get off their duff and try to do something. We have a quote from Senate Banking Chair Sherrard uh, Brown out of Ohio, and he says, we're serious. We want to do this. <laughs> I'm actually fairly optimistic and hopeful that we will come to an agreement, and this is being reported out of Politico. I mean, I'm I'm Nostra dumbass. We called it last week. I knew during a lame duck session to be trying to do something. Just uh, really hope they really do. Right. So there's like another month, right? Or window. Um, yeah, yeah, more or less. I believe it's January third uh, when the new Congress is sworn in, and uh, that is you know next year. That's about a month from now. Could but you have to realize the Safe Banking Act has passed the House six 
times. That's one of the reasons why they are trying to get it done before the composition of the Congress is no longer as democratically centric or controlled as it is right, right now. But it, they didn't. The Republicans didn't pick up that many seats, so it'd still be a very bipartisan issue that they could uh, advance. Yeah. No, but um, but this during this lame duck issue though, I mean, uh, period. Couldn't they like uh uh, uh like uh, Schumer push through the caca bill? Couldn't he help like get that through the Senate and then? Oh the House? no, no, because no. you see, this is different. You know, this is the 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 Safe Banking Act has sailed through Congress, the the House of Congress, the representatives. You know, that Chamber of Commerce and been stagnant in the Senate, right. especially with Cory Booker. Cory Booker was always saying we're not going to pass this unless we have sufficient equity provisions that go into it. Uh, but I think he's starting to you know, pump fake on that in the sense that uh, if you lose it right now, are you going to be able to rely on the next Congress to be able to pass the Safe Banking Act out of it, just like it passed the Safe Banking Act six times in the mm. past Congress, and then it just hit a brick wall in the Senate. So if the Senate passes also the Safe Banking Act, then you have that mutual uh, passage of the same bill, and it should be able to go to the president's desk. And we all hope for that. I mean, if you do. Yeah, of course. You click like them it. likes and you hit subscribe and then you say <laughs> damn right in the comments and that all helps with the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for any of this, though, right? Like, I, I personally, like, I, I hate this game they've been playing, the, the politicking as far as, like, we want our bill to go through first or whatever. But, you know, we had the MORE Act. There's plenty of other bills they could have done. So... Well, uh, yes, the MORE Act also, but the MORE Act was more comprehensive. And that's where you get the CACA bill and the MORE Act in, in real competition mm -hmm. because the MORE Act is the, the House of Representatives version and the you know, COAC and the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. That's the Schumer um, uh, you know, and Cory Booker bill. Yeah. And they'd have to have reconciliation and that's just not going to get done. Uh, you know, right now you, you're asking the Senate to do one thing, you know, pass it by a vote. And sure. you're asking Congress to do nothing. You're not asking both parties to do or I'm sorry, oh. both chambers of the House of, Repres or, of Congress uh, to do something. Got you. So they're, they're, for those other ones that are bigger and broader, it's more of a reconciliation. This one's already been through, uh, you know, but again, anything that passes is good. You know, I, I I don't know if you saw on the Facebook group, I made those two uh, regulation memes. And uh, wow, people are just. They all they they really don't you know people misinterpret the word regulation right federally this is going to have to happen if we want right. people out of prison if we want to stop the the people being arrested children being yeah. taken away all the, the the bullshit that happens with prohibition right. we got to have this regulation just to and but then the thing is for me you know regulation is what is regulation right and you know what are we trying to prevent what are we trying to and I just think I've always said the only thing that should be is the lab regulation of course. You have the rules, the stuff that you're a part of that you do as a lawyer, right? Because, but that's going to be fundamental in any business, whether I wanted it a pot shop or a, a broccoli garden or, you know, to serve a, a nursery that's not mm -hmm. cannabis related. Because you're going to have to have a business plan. You're going to have to have investors. You're going to have to. You're going to need to have capital. Like, but yeah. then let's say you replace the word cannabis or cannabis product with the word cupcake. And so you're going to try to make cupcakes and ship them nationwide. Do you have any idea how many federal regulations you're going to hit in the face when you're trying to do that business? A lot. And you're also going to need to be in compliance with all those regulations. So you're going to need that business plan. And you're also going to need to raise that money because you're going to have to have all those hurdles when you are packaging a particular cupcake and shipping it out the door. Yeah. There's 
things that you need to comply with in order to be, uh, you know, uh, compliant with the, uh, the uh, what is it called? The Food and Drug Cosmetic Act, but that's mostly for like CBD products and um, herbal supplements and stuff. Consumption type thing. But, you hmm. know, the, the thing is when it comes to regulation, the, uh, people are looking at like the rules to play in the game, right? Like we got to punish people for whatever, like the DUI limits. It's a kind of, uh, what is, it is erroneous, right? It's made up. But then there's that new study that came out showing that uh, a federally funded study that shows marijuana legalization is not associated with increased teen use. What? Shit, I wasn't expecting news. Mickey, go on. Yeah, so like again, a federal funded study. Uh, we even have the link to the, uh, the 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 document showing that the effects of legalization on adolescent cannabis use across in, in three mm-hmm. different studies. So it wasn't just one. Yeah, we drill into it. Because it was uh, tweeted by NIDA, the National Institute of Drug Abuse, I believe is that what that stands for. And then they have that in Science Direct. Uh, and then it's the link to the study. The F- and this this link is in the show description, folks. So go ahead and check that out. And while you're down there, uh, leave a comment and say, hey. But- uh, so it goes over it. And let's go over the results and the conclusion. Yeah. I realize that it's not very well zoomed in. Let me see if I can zoom it in a little bit to help uh there's the methods now let's go to the results change in legalization status across as adolescents was not significantly related to within person change and pro- probability or frequency of self-reported of the last year cannabis use uh, uh, between the personal level youth who spent more of their adolescence under legalization were no more or less likely to have used cannabis at age 15 years uh, than adolescents who spent little or no time under legalization you know th- th- this is a great study because People like Kevin Sabat would be, you know, they're able to twist the conversation. You know, he he's in charge of Sam, right? Safe approach to marijuana, which is an anti-cannabis like group. Like the guy comes out with no logic or even real uh, uh, common sense for the uh, uh, the average like the citizenry citizens, right? Like there's no like looking out for the bigger picture when it comes to any prohibition because he's always talking about big tobacco or the children, and this just goes to show none of this means. Stuff right, we just want parity with this whole industry. That's all that needs to happen. And then stop, you know, like Lance is losing more time behind bars. I think he still has another three years of serve, which is ridiculous, you know. And plus, Luke Scarmazzo and whoever else is sitting behind bars, it's just ridiculous. And that's why I get excited. Somebody told me to calm down. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, you shouldn't necessarily calm down until they're home. Yeah. It's they aren't supposed to be in prison, and then they are are also not supposed to be locked out of the industry, and so that's what you know kind of chaps my butt is that uh, Craig Cecil and like a lot of these other uh, <laughs> legacy players, some of which ended up in prison, uh, they are then locked out of the industry, and you're like, wait, so how is this social equity by saying, wait, you you were doing too much cannabis uh, legacy work. We only wanted you to have like minor possession. If you just would have done minor possession, then we would imply you understand this industry and give you social equity points. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, right, right. That makes no sense. Like you're willing to break the law just to a certain extent. We just don't want anything past that makes you a, a bad person, just like uh, a background check where you're like, oh, you you smoke weed for some reason. So you're willing to break the law because a lot of times that, that's uh, uh, when it comes to like security clearances. But, you know, it's sad, though. We've been hurting ourselves this whole time, right? Because remember that Casey report a while back, the the little section of our uh, Federal Reserve that said uh, because of the Oklahoma area, uh, they cannabis is like what the the top three uh, uh, influxes of cash in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, we got one coming up now with Alaska. 
Yeah. Alaska's reports kind of show the same thing. And this is out of the MJ Biz Daily staff. They're reporting as of uh, November 18th, marijuana cultivation will lead to job growth in Alaska, according to a state agency that helps regulate it. And, and that is the growth attributable to the industry's resilience through COVID-19 pandemic as compared to other industries. The Sitka radio station KCAW reported. Uh, that's right, Sitka. It's also a city in Alaska. Alaska's <laughs> largest city posted a record 9 million in adult use sales in September 2020, a 25% increase over the same month in 2019. Really a no shit Sherlock thing, right? Like we, the hippies have been right since the 60s and we've just held ourselves back for the past 60 plus years. This is ridiculous. Yeah, they are calling for marijuana cultivation jobs. To, they, they did grow by 8.2% in 2020. Jeez. They make up about 40% of the state's farms, fishing and forestry workers, and 80% of the farming, fishing and forestry sector's growth is projected to come from cannabis cultivation. I mean, getting high in Alaska is pretty awesome, dude. When I was in uh, Anchorage, I found some Alaskan Thunderfuck, and that was a great experience. Not Tanuska. Yeah. Just uh, the only problem is when uh, it's like light for 24 hours and you just can't go fucking sleep. See, I think the problem is now when it's really, really dark. But there ain't no problem in Oregon. No. Uh, Oregon had some really great news this weekend, and the Gondrepreneur is reporting it. Yeah. That Oregon's governor has pardoned 45,000 people for a cannabis possession. That's Oregon Governor Kate Brown said she will be issuing 45,000 uh, people pardons who are saddled with cannabis possession charges from before the state legalized cannabis in 2016. Here's her tweet. I think it's nice. I just think they're behind the bar again, like it's Washington State. We're 10, 10 years of legalization. We're coming up uh, in Washington State next week. 10 years Ten, of legalization. Washington yeah. State. And then the, the tweet from the governor, she tweets, no one deserves to be saddled with the impacts of the simple possession of marijuana conviction, a crime that is no longer on the books in Oregon. I am pardoning these prior Oregon offenses, an act that will impact an estimated 45,000 individuals. So, you know, big thumbs up oh, for, yeah. for that. I'm going to have to just go ahead and retweet this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not very active on Twitter because I find it offensive. But you can uh, go tweet at me <laughs> at Tom Weedlaw. Uh, you know, I'm more active on LinkedIn or Instagram or even well, Facebook, but you've been busy there is Twitter. Oriented. But, you know, an opposite of Oregon's Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An opposite of Oregon very much is Texas. Texas. I mean, fascinating people who, thing. People get this stuff on the ballot. You know, cities get this decriminalization on the ballot. And then a, they're incensed. The city council is incensed that the people would pass a law that overrides state law. How is it a state that's full of uh, bullshit rhetoric about freedom, but yet, you know, I'm in Washington State and I just went to the store, I bought this little jar of freedom and then uh, came home. No problems. <laughs> right. And so let's let's kind of drill into these little places yeah. in Texas. I zoom in a little bit. This is in Killen. That's K-I-L-L-E-E-N. Might also be pronounced Kayleen, Texas. Killing Those it. voters, uh, they approved the ordinance to repeal uh, criminalization of up to four ounces of cannabis. Man, and so that uh, ballot measure approved the decriminalization of less than four ounces. However, the ordinances did not legalize cannabis and they merely prevented people from being arrested. And so the uh, ordinance in Kayleen, or Killian 
will not go into effect until after the city council can further discuss it. Yeah. So I wonder there you if go. The city council actually live in their own city. Like I, I just don't get how uh, you would go against like the majority of your neighbors. Like the people have spoken. Let it be, man. Yep. It should never have made it on the ballot, but we had no choice, said former mayor wow. and current city council man Jose Sagara. Sagara says the charter rule states that there's a petition on a measure and the council votes against it, then it must go on the ballot. And the mix-up is that the charter didn't specify anything to measures that will result in violating state law. I mean, it's still it's it's just decriminalizing, so it doesn't really violate state law, does it? Right? You're just saying, and of you're- course, they they're saying that you aren't. It's a state crime, and you're mm-hmm. telling the city that well, we're just not going to enforce that crime. But it's politicizing. I mean, they did this the opposite way in the back in the past, and they they do it whenever it doesn't um, comply with their political interests. You know, some parties say like, oh, we believe in state rights, except for that. Well, in Texas, too, what what, what county was it that uh, uh, the DEA told the officers, please keep arresting people for misdemeanor crimes? Like, what is the the hard on and hate for cannabis? I just don't you know, it's just low hanging fruit of crime. uh, Killing. It's pronounced killing, which makes a lot more sense. Uh, I mean, like, I got nothing. Uh, So what's this deal with New York, man? Oh, uh, well, you know, turning from strange Texas news to awesome New York news. New York has become home to 36 brand new cannabis retail licenses. Unlike those unlicensed food trucks that were there or just bodegas that were openly flouting the law, there are now 36 retail licenses that have been awarded to social equity. Actually, they're called justice involved Uh, individuals in the state of New York. It was 28 justice-involved individuals, meaning that they were arrested for the cannabis laws and also eight nonprofit organizations that also qualified as uh, justice-involved. And and this will allow all the farmers, the hemp farmers in New York, to deliver their crop, which was really looking trepidatious. I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to award these um, and I think the reason they did it was because they had to, because they have to get that crop out. Well, the lawsuits be damned. Well, that's the thing, though, right? With the dormant clauses, I thought with those lawsuits, though, that's, that's they didn't still- know, they didn't award them in that particular location. This is in all these other locations. That's oh, why that's they right. only gave twenty, because they're supposed to award one hundred and fifty, and so they've only given out thirty six. So only sections of New York's legalizations is uh, stagnant right now. I thought I was thinking it was the whole uh, shebang. Um. No, like no, whatever. It's, it's a very limited, and so, yeah. uh, uh, so 150 licenses to businesses, with the remaining 25 to being reserved for nonprofits. But I thought it was out of the 150, 25 were going to be for nonprofits. Here, Gondrepreneurs reporting that it's 175 uh, retail licenses, which may or may not be true. But nonprofits. Um, what, what is it? Uh, 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 we're going to have like Goodwill fucking opening a cannabis store. What, what's going on? Yeah, non- more or less. <laughs> Kinda. It's at the whole like the the because that that evades the the tax structure right there right like nope. you have to it's, no. it doesn't they don't recognize that aspect and so you would still have to pay your taxes on it even if you're a nonprofit entity and you probably also won't be able to get five hundred one c three tax exempt status interesting 
Yeah, I, I, I just assume not. Yeah, it, a lot of the IRC 280E uh, regulation had happened through California and the California Medical prior to uh, their you know, full adult use legalization required operating through a nonprofit um, you know, tax or, or organizational status. Mm. Uh, and, and that doesn't, it doesn't matter for when you're paying your taxes. So there's a lot of um, tax court rulings against nonprofits in the cannabis industry interpreting IRC 280E. Damn. No, I didn't know that. Well, that's why you're the lawyer and I'm not. Yep. I mean, you're a banking lawyer. Literally too. get paid for this crap. I mean, that's the the nuance. And then the guests we'll have on later has, will have more to say towards that too, I'm sure. Of course. It's going to be an interesting one. Don't forget to stick around. But right now, it appears to be 20 yeah. past the hour. So before we end up the news summary, we're going to take a really quick commercial break. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Remember, you can always hit me up at CanvasIndustryLawyer.com. And we do have a couple more stories before we wrap. For example, out of my home state here in Illinois, uh, they just handed out, and by just, I mean like last week, Mm. they handed out their first social equity licenses for retail in Chicago, The first two cannabis social equity dispensaries have opened for business as of last week, the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, There are two of them. One is Bucktown's Ivy Hall, and that is 61% black owned, while the management ownership team at Green Rose Dispensary in River North are two thirds black and Latinx. Uh, The business rows are the first cannabis retailers are the the first in the state that are not mostly white owned, the report says. This is, again... Uh, social equity being uh, attributed to <clears throat> race more than attributed to the arrest, unlike in New York where it was more attributed to the arrest. Right. But for these yep. uh, two shops, right, it's not one person per se, but like to, to be in the, the industry that we call the industry, the legal market, you're talking about like an LLC though, right? You're not, you're, you're an investor group. You're not, it's not just a simply one or two people that are playing the game right now. Yep. No, it's not. And then uh, very often these are probably LLCs that are holding the actual license and C-Corps that are managing the LLC. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still cool. I mean, uh, you know, this is uh, significant for like a Black Wall Street type scenario, right? Like like it's something that now it's out in the open that we, the, they can build that uh, generational wealth, you know, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. We, the thing you have to remember about generational wealth is that uh, people uh, usually make it in the first generation and then it goes sideways in the second generation and then is gone by the third generation. Uh, large amounts of fortunes are. But so the second one be the best one to be part of so you can spend it. Yeah, I've seen the second one and the second <laughs> one takes the first one's shit and yeah. then disputes, uh, disperses it with most, uh, like a lot more people than just the family. And so the $100 million goes to like five little million here and 20 million there and all that. And then they blow through that on a whole bunch of stuff. And so by the time you're the third generation, um, and that's that's one of the things where I see this and I'm like, guys, I think you're being exploited and being sold a bill of goods because the data doesn't back that up. You know, it, it mm. like you're talking about how uh, look at the continuity of any ownership of a corporation or look at the, oh, the, right, the right. lifespan of a corporation or let, let's go to the S&P 500 and from 1950, like a mere two generations ago, not 
generations, not three, two. Right. Uh, and then let's look at the S&P 500 today. How much has changed? Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally see yeah. that. Yeah. Amazing. Do we have time where you want to go to the... Uh, oh, the let's, let's do a, a, a funny little international story and then... Uh, This one I did not see coming. Yeah. Indian police are blaming rats for the disappearance of 500 kilograms of cannabis. That's uh, 1,100 pounds for us Americans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Police in northern India said, for some reason, a stash of 500 kilograms of confiscated cannabis has gone missing because it was eaten by rats. Ton of weed, man. That's a ton of uh, happy rats right now, man. Let's see. Uh, police in northern India claim that up to 500 kilograms, that's about 1,100 pounds of cannabis that was had been already confiscated and was being stored in police station warehouses, have been eaten by rats. Can you believe that? It's it's not like, you know, rats are small animal animals and they are not scared of the police. The uh, reporter mentioned to CNN. I mean, I wonder how much did walk out the door, though. <laughs> oh, it sounds like quite a bit. And speaking <laughs> about walking out the door, let's go get ready to do a deep dive uh, on uh, my favorite type of license that is coming to Missouri in 2023 and hopefully a state like yours as well. Uh, and so we're going to go do that. And while you guys are doing that, why don't you go check out that video right over there? And then Miggy's going to do some weed. All right, I'll see you guys later. Do the weed. Oh, the Wait, one story that we should have mentioned that was the big story now that it's 20 minutes past. Uh, we'll do this later, but Cookies is selling their seeds online right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. It's a good shit. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about All it. right. See you. Later. Run.